Well, good morning, Christ Central family. Karen, thank you for praying for us and praying for me this morning. Friends, my name is Huey, and I have the great privilege of serving as one of the pastors here. Uh, whether you are joining us here in person or online, welcome, and so glad that we get to worship together. And I'm especially grateful this morning uh, to see children and families and you students uh, worshiping together. It's been a really, really long time, so uh, welcome and great to see all of you. And if you are joining us for the very first time, thank you for making us a part of your Sunday morning. Um, for much of this ministry year, we have been examining the life and ministry of Jesus through the Gospel of Luke. And as we've been following Jesus around, we've been giving our time and our attention to the things that Jesus said and the things that he had things that he did in order that, as Luke writes to us in the beginning of his gospel, in order that we might have certainty, certainty about who Jesus is, what he has taught, and what he has done. And as we consider the person and the work of Jesus, our prayer is that we will grow in our love and our affection for Jesus as we see him with greater clarity and with greater conviction that he really is indeed worthy of our worship and our trust and our obedience. To that end, we're going to give our attention to Luke chapter 18 this morning. So if you have a Bible with you, and I hope you do, uh, please turn with me to Luke chapter 18. We're going to begin in verse 35. The title of today's message is Jesus Heals a Blind Beggar. Luke 18, beginning in verse 35. This is God's word set apart for us this morning. And it says this, as he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Friends, here is the outline for us this morning. First, we're going to look at the sight of the blind beggar. And second, we're going to look at the faith of the blind beggar. And third, we're going to look at the response of the blind beggar. So first, the sight of the blind beggar. As we just read in verse 35, we are introduced to a blind man sitting by the roadside begging. And Mark tells us in his gospel that his name is Bartimaeus. So as you can imagine, as a direct result of his blindness, Bartimaeus is destitute and he is desperate. He is hopeless and helpless. And Bartimaeus, this blind Bartimaeus, is completely dependent on others for his survival. You know, especially in the absence of family who would be willing, to, willing and able to provide constant care and support, the only way that Bartimaeus can secure his survival is by begging on the side of the road, and that's where we find him. 
There's absolutely nothing he can do to change his circumstances. No doctor can fix his blindness. No medicine can heal him. For this blind beggar, this was a hopeless and unchangeable situation. And in verse 36 and following, Luke tells us that Bartimaeus hears some commotion as this crowd is passing by. Perhaps there's a sense of excitement and and awe and expectation in the air. And and Bartimaeus asks about what's, what's happening, and someone in the crowd turns to him and says, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And for Bartimaeus, that name meant something. I mean, that name for Bartimaeus was familiar. Maybe he's heard that name before. Perhaps maybe he's heard about this Jesus doing some miracles for other people because at the sound of Jesus' name, in, in desperation, Bartimaeus calls out to Jesus. He cries out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the immediate response of the crowd in verse 39 is to rebuke him to be silent. As if the assumption or the expectation of the crowd is that someone like Jesus has no time for someone like Bartimaeus. You know, those who are on the margins of society, those who are destitute and needy, people who are hopeless and helpless. Jesus has no time for you. But this blind beggar... He is resilient, and he is persistent, and he will not be turned away or be silent. And even at the rebuke of the crowd, Luke tells us that he cries out all the more in desperation, Son of David, have mercy on me. And and as I picture this, this scene, this opening scene, what moves me about this is this, that this blind beggar's cry is born out of his great and desperate need. Friends, have you ever felt such desperation and need? Have you ever felt this desperate? You know, I remember as a first-time parent holding my oldest son. He was about a year old at that time. He was having a seizure in my arms. And out of out of just sheer and utter helplessness and desperation, just this guttural cry, just calling his name. I I see his face turning blue. I see, I I hear him gasping for air. I don't know what to do. I call out his name just to wake up, and and eventually I, I started calling out to Jesus for help, for just in desperation. Have you ever felt such desperation and need before? For Bartimaeus, it was because of his physical blindness that he was able to see his need. Bartimaeus may have been blind to the sights and the wonders of the world, but he was not blind to see his need. You see, more often than not, friends, the circumstances in our lives have a way of confronting us with the reality of our need. I mean, what we see over and over and over again in the scriptures is the God who rules and reigns in matchless wisdom, sovereignty, and love for us, he allows and and even sends circumstances our way in order that we might clearly and truly see how vulnerable 
our world is and to see how fragile our lives are and to see how sinful and broken our hearts are and how great and desperate our need is. For many of us, this is the story that God has been writing over our lives, particularly during this pandemic. Perhaps some of us, the isolation of the pandemic has brought to surface some old and maybe even some new habits and behaviors and attitudes and addictions that are weighing, weighing us down in, with guilt and shame. Perhaps some of you have made some really bad, poor, destructive decisions, and now you find yourself confronted with this deep sense of lostness and regret. Maybe some of you, your marriage is in a really, really hard place. Or maybe it's your relationship with your children or with your parents or with your friends. And maybe um, you've said things and done things to one another that you feel are irreversible and irredeemable. Perhaps you lost your job. Perhaps you didn't get into the school that you wanted to. Perhaps you're not doing too well in school or academics or achievements or whatever it may be. Maybe you're flunking out of school and you find yourself lost, anxious, fearful about your future, and you can't shake this nagging sense of helplessness and hopelessness. Some of you have lost loved ones to COVID or to cancer, and now you find yourself in a place where you're grappling with this profound sense of emptiness and loneliness. Or maybe you're struggling in your relationship with the Lord. Perhaps you feel stuck. You feel lost, apathetic, or guilt-written because, at least in your mind, you feel like you should be better. Or you feel like you should be more, more mature, more put together, more disciplined than you are. Friends, the circumstances in our lives have a way of helping us to see our great and desperate need that exists within the fabric of our hearts and our experiences. And not only that, but the blind beggar helps us to see our great, our greatest and our ultimate need. You see, on this side of eternity, every need that exists within the fabric of the human heart are mere echoes of our need and our longing for God. To be restored in fellowship and in communion with God, our creator, our maker, and our redeemer. I mean, this is what we truly need. This is what our hearts, what our hearts truly long for. To know Jesus, to know his love for us, and to walk with Jesus faithfully. And even our creation is groaning. Every sickness, every broken system, every injustice are cries of our groaning for healing and restoration. Apostle Paul says this in Romans chapter 8. He writes, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly. What does he say? As we wait eagerly. For adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Friends, our greatest need 
is not in the the change or in the removal of our circumstances. Our greatest need is God's mercy. So we hear this blind beggar, Bartimaeus, calling out at the top of his lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And according to commentator Philip Reichen, the word mercy is the love of God for sinners, the grace by which he restores us from our lost and sorry condition. You see, when the blind beggar cried out for mercy, he wasn't just asking for change in his circumstances. He was crying out for God's saving grace and his rescuing mercy. Again, we ought to be amazed and humbled because though being blind, he saw clearly and truly his most great and desperate need. I love what commentator Kent Hughes writes. He says, there is only one thing worse than blindness, and that is not knowing that you are blind. Multitudes are blind to their darkness, blind to their sin, blind to their destiny, blind to their hopelessness, spiritually out of touch. What a grace it is to see reality, even when what we see is unpleasant and grotesque. Because when we see what we are, when we cannot escape the truth, when we are surrounded by darkness and know it, we will begin to ask for light. The blind man's pitiful cry, have mercy on me, came from a profound self-understanding and it brought grace into his soul because Christ rejoices to engage such reality. Isn't that good news? Friends, I want to ask us this morning, do you see and recognize your need for God's mercy? What are the circumstances in your lives currently that God might be using to awaken you, to help you to see your great and desperate need? And, and, and before we go off to find solutions of our own, because if we're being honest, this is what we are tempted to do. We are, we are tempted to turn to people, possessions, and pleasures just so that we can escape this reality, just so that we can suppress this longing and this need that we're experiencing but have no answers for. We are tempted to numb ourselves to these kinds of things. Before we go off to do that, I want to help us to see Jesus. I want us to see, I want us to see Jesus the way that blind Bartimaeus saw him with eyes of faith. So first we looked at the sight of the blind beggar. Now I want us to look at the faith of the blind beggar. Luke tells us in verse 37 that the crowd saw Jesus of Nazareth. Maybe that meant that the crowd saw, you know, Jesus, the carpenter's son. Perhaps the crowd saw Jesus as nothing more than a good teacher, uh, a prophet, or some, some miracle worker from a small, obscure town of Nazareth. But Bartimaeus, though being blind, he saw more to Jesus. He saw Jesus, the son of God, or son of David, In Luke's gospel, this is the only time this title is used of Jesus. And in calling Jesus the son of David, Bartimaeus saw Jesus with eyes of faith. 
He saw that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, the promised one of God from the line of David, but greater than David. He saw with eyes of faith that Jesus is the Savior, Christ the King, who would one day rescue and redeem his people from sin and death, who would one day bring renewal and restoration to all of creation, who would one day establish his kingdom of righteousness, peace, and justice that will last forever. That's what it means to call Jesus son of David. Bartimaeus not only saw the reality of his neediness, he saw with eyes of faith the reality of who Jesus is. It's as if this blind beggar saw through his blindness and believed in his heart, though the crowd will disregard and dismiss him, Jesus will not. Though the crowd will ignore him and tune him out, Jesus will hear the cries of those who are in great and desperate need precisely because Jesus came to show mercy to sinners and rebels. Jesus came to show steadfast love to the broken and the needy. Jesus is the son of David who came to rescue and redeem the hopeless and the helpless and heal the broken world. That's what Bartimaeus cried out for. And friends, I, I, I love this picture that we're given in verses 40 and 41. In response to the blind beggar's cry, what does Jesus do? It says, Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, I love that. Brothers and sisters, at the cry of the needy and the desperate, Jesus stops. The crowd didn't expect that. The crowd maybe didn't even want that. But Jesus stops. Friends, Jesus is not in a hurry. Jesus is not ever late. Jesus is not annoyed. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is not bothered and burdened by you. Jesus is not exhausted and weary with you. And you are not lost in the crowd. Jesus stops and Jesus invites you to come near. Come near with your cries. Come near with your neediness. Come near with your sins. Come near with your regrets. Come near with your helplessness. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is not anxious about what you have to bring to him. Jesus does not get anxious. He is not surprised by what you need to share with him. And when you draw near to Jesus, the question that Jesus meets you with is one of compassion and one of hope. Do you hear the tenderness and the invitation in that question, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want Jesus to do for you in your marriage? What do you want Jesus to do for your unbelieving children? What do you want Jesus to do for you if you feel like you have made a mess of your life and you have shipwrecked your faith? What do you want Jesus to do for you? 
What do, you, what do you want Jesus to do for you when you're feeling like, man, I can't get myself together. I can't stop being angry. I can't stop looking at these things. I just can't stop. I'm so weary with my heart and myself. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Friends, he draws you out so that you see your need, but he, just, he doesn't just leave you there. He draws you to himself. And that's what we see. Isn't that what we see? Uh, what happens to this blind beggar? Verses 41 to 43. The blind beggar asked to recover his sight, to which Jesus responds, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him. Friends, I, I think there are at least two things that are happening simultaneously in these verses. First, Jesus restored the sight of the blind. I mean, his, by his miraculous divine power, Jesus opened the eyes of Bartimaeus so that he could see. We need to take a moment just to think about what just happened. He was blind, but he can now see. I mean, what a, what a moment. What a moment to just take in. He was blind for, we don't know how many years, but he was blind, but now he can finally see. But I'm so convinced that this moment is not just for Bartimaeus. It's meant for all of us. It's meant to stir in us this eager expectation and hope because the healing of this blind beggar And in fact, all the miracles, all the miraculous healings in the Gospels are meant to point us forward to the day when all of creation will be made new, when all will be made right, when all will be made whole, when all will be as it was meant to be. This is what it points us to. And on that day, there will be no more sin, no more diseases, no more disabilities, no more sickness, and no more death. Every restless heart will find rest. And every broken body will be healed. Every broken thing will be undone. And every sad thing come untrue. So Jesus invites us to this great hope. So we wait eagerly. With expectation and hope, we, we, we become resilient and we become persistent, crying out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my family. Have mercy on my children. Have mercy on our church. Have mercy on our world with eager expectation and hope. Not only does Jesus restore Bartimaeus' sight, secondly, Jesus restores his soul. Jesus says to him, Jesus says to Bartimaeus, your faith has made you well, which literally means your faith has saved you. In other words, Jesus has met Bartimaeus' greatest need to be restored, to be forgiven, so that he could not, not only see with his eyes, but experience with his life and his heart that he is loved. Bartimaeus' greatest need was met with Jesus' saving grace and his rescuing mercy. And friends, when we cry out to Jesus, this is also true of us. Because of what the long-awaited promised son of David came to accomplish on our behalf, this is true of us. Jesus says to us, your faith has made you well. 
Because though we were blind to our sin and need, though we were living in darkness, God sent forth his son Jesus, the promised Savior, to do for us what no doctor can do, what no medicine can heal. Jesus took on himself darkness and death, the punishment we justly deserve for all of our sin. And in his suffering and death on the cross, Jesus paid the debt that we owed but could not pay. And on the cross, as the wrath of God was being poured out on Jesus, Jesus faced God's condemnation and judgment. And he was forsaken in order that you and I will never, ever be forsaken, but instead be reconciled to God, be restored to God in fellowship. You see, on the cross, Jesus dealt with our every sin. All of it was covered by the blood of our Savior. And now he says to us, your sins are forgiven. Your greatest need has been met with mercy. And your faith has made you well. And God raised Jesus from the dead. Proving that Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient for our need so that even if we are the neediest of sinners, we will be loved, accepted, embraced, and made righteous in God's sight in Christ. Brothers and sisters and friends, for Jesus, no condition is irreversible, no sin is irredeemable, and no relationship is irre irreconcilable. If not in this life, but in the life to come. Brothers and sisters, no circumstances are beyond the reach of his mercy and his grace and his transforming power. Do you believe this this morning? Do you believe that in whatever circumstances you find yourself in, you are never, ever beyond the reach of his mercy and his grace and his transforming power? And if that is true, then how do we, how should we respond? And I think Bartimaeus helps us here too, which leads me to my last and final point, and I'll, and I'll be brief. First, we looked at the sight of the blind beggar, that he saw his greatest need. And second, we looked at the faith of the blind beggar. And third, and lastly, we look, we'll look at the response of the blind beggar. Verse 43 says this, immediately he recovered his sight. And Bartimaeus followed Jesus, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. I believe Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus shows us how we can respond to such saving grace and to such rescuing mercy. We learn to walk with Jesus. We worship Jesus. And we witness for Jesus. Bartimaeus followed Jesus. He walked with him. And if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, walking with Jesus will involve resilience and persistence. And friends, no matter how old we get, and no matter how familiar Jesus becomes to us, no matter how successful or sophisticated we become in this world, may we never lose the childlike dependence and the childlike wonder in our maker and our redeemer. May we never grow too self-sufficient in this world. 
as we eagerly wait in expectation and hope for the day that when Jesus returned to establish his rule and reign completely and fully. The reality of our neediness is never surprising to Jesus, never lost on Jesus, and is never wearisome to Jesus. So let's get really, really good at crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you have yet not trusted in Jesus, I'm so glad you're tuning in, joining us this morning. I pray this morning that the one who opened the eyes of blind Bartimaeus will give you the sight to see that your greatest and your ultimate need is for Jesus. Apart from God's saving grace and his rescuing mercy, there is nothing and no one that can fill your empty life, mend your broken heart, and save your lost soul. And no matter who you are, and no matter what you've done, if you cry out like the blind beggar, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, Jesus will meet you with his steadfast love and mercy because there is no sin too great for Jesus' mercy and no sinner too bad for Jesus' love. We walk with Jesus and we worship Jesus, glorifying God. Worship is the response of a life transformed and a faith-filled heart. So in response to God's saving grace, we worship. And friends, I believe this is where our personal and corporate worship matters so much. Because in our personal and corporate worship, we remember who Jesus is and what he has done through his death and resurrection for our redemption. Through and in our personal and corporate worship, we remind ourselves the hope we've been called to, the hope of the coming kingdom of Jesus. And as we think about what Jesus did and as we think about what Jesus will do, we allow that to fuel us here and now, to fuel us with faith, trust, obedience, and courage, with resilience and persistence to go after him. And I love that today that we get to celebrate communion. We get to come to the table together this morning. I love that because at the table, we get to be reminded of what Jesus did. And we look forward to the to the banqueting table, the feast that we will have with Jesus. And when we, we hold those two things tightly and closely in tension and we allow him to fill our lives with faith and courage and conviction and obedience. And lastly and quickly, and I'll be done. We walk with Jesus, we worship Jesus, and we witness for Jesus. And I love how this story ends with this sentence and all the people when they saw it gave praise to God friends I don't know about you but I want my life to count in this way I want to live in such a way I want to believe in such a way I want to hope in such a way that when people see my life and when people hear my stories I want them to see Jesus. I want them to see his love for me and his love for a broken world. And I want them to praise Jesus. Friends, I believe 
that God wants to write amazing stories over our lives, just like this blind beggar, just like the story of Bartimaeus. He wants to write stories of faithfulness, of mercy and grace, of miracles, but not for ourselves, not for ourselves only, but for our children, but for our friends, but for our neighbors, and for our communities, so that they might know Jesus, so that they might see Jesus, follow Jesus, and worship him. May that be our greatest hope. May that be our just zeal as we live this life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray and I ask you to awaken the sense of need that we have for you from the youngest to the oldest in this room. Help us to see our need and help us to cry out to you, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And God, as we draw near to you, would you draw us near to yourself as you invite us, as you ask us, as you pursue us so that we might see Jesus beautiful and powerful as he is. We need your help to do that. We need your help to do that this morning. So would you help us by your spirit and grace? It's for your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Would you rise as we respond?